0: Hey everybody! This is Matt Hardman with the Brace Nerd podcast for this week. Um, We're are running a little late, and there is a lot of news to catch up on, so I'm going to skip the formalities like the pop quiz knows and going through all the shows on CKCC Radio. But hopefully, you are checking them out, the plethora of programming that we have, and liking and subscribing on all your. Podcast platforms. Uh, We got a lot to talk about. I'm gonna glaze over Talladega because that whole thing has been beaten to death. We'll save, we'll save um, the double yellow line rule and the penalties uh, for another episode, Um, possibly a special Patreon episode, Um, because it kind of falls in line with. What would I do if I was in charge of NASCAR, which had been uh, a topic that you hear on a lot of shows, but I have a lot of ideas, and some of them are actually coming to fruition because we have a new NASCAR schedule We also, for 2021. We also have an IndyCar schedule for 2021. And they both are have some drastic changes. Uh, some that fans love, some that fans hate. Um, but we'll talk about all that. Um, but we also have a lot of driver changes. In 2021, we will talk about all that as well. Um, so let, let's let's get to the the matter at hand. Um, we are looking. Not only towards the end of the season this year as we are in the playoffs, we're already looking ahead to 2021 and the early bird catches the worm, which is what happened with Chip Ganassi Racing filling the hole Um, that was left when Kyle Larson got suspended and Matt Kent stepped in coming out of semi-retirement. Uh, to fill in the 42 McDonald's, um, Clover First Data Chevrolet. I can't think of all the sponsors for that car off the top of my head. But, Kansas will be going back to life in Wisconsin in 2021 with watermelon farmer, the melonhead Ross Jastain taking over the 42 car, which comes as no surprise. Um, It opened the door for Bubba Wallace to join the Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan owned team, which we had previously talked about both of those. But it started a ripple effect. As Bubba Wallace was one of the names that was out there for the ride at Hendrick Motorsports, filling the 48 of Jimmy Johnson with Jimmy going to IndyCar next year in a part-time schedule. Um, That 48 car will be filled in-house as Alex Bowman will move from the 88 Exalta Chevrolet to the 48 with Ally Financial. no driver has been tabbed for the 88 um there's even talk of a number change on that car uh, as that car that was initially known as Hendrick Motorsports number 25 car since its inception uh, until 2008 when Dale Earnhardt Jr. had signed with Hendrick Motorsports um therefore the number change Uh, and now with Earnhardt long retired uh, from the Cup Series and Bowman stepping in, uh, this is a a move and it possibly would be a good time to look to the future by going to their past with a couple of numbers. There's already been hints on numbers, uh, whether it be the 25 that was driven by such drivers as Ricky Craven and Ken Schrader and the late Tim Richmond. Um, Or, moving back to the number that the company had was founded with the 5 car, uh, which was driven by Jeff Bodine, Terry Labonte, and Kyle Bush. Um, so, and Mark Martin as well. I almost forgot about old Mark in that car. Um, so, there's some of those. There's been rumors on who will be moving to that ride next year. Uh, there was already a leak on the. Lionel racing as Lionel makes all the collectibles for NASCAR that had hinted that it would be Kyle Larson. Which then again stokes the flames of Larson being reinstated by NASCAR, which he still is not. But that's a whole story for another time. Uh, but what is happening is Daniel Suarez, the racer out of Monterey, Mexico, will be moving teams for the third year in a row. And we'll be moving from Gaunt Family Racing or Gaunt Brothers Racing I apologize. Over to the new Trackhouse Racing Team. Uh, Brand new team started by Justin Marks former Xfinity and Arca Series driver and road racer. Uh, The team will be using the 99 and will be a Chevy with an affiliation with Hendrick, uh, not Hendrick, um, Childress, Childress Racing, and Childress is also in the news as they have them and the Hendrick Motorsports in departments will merge on. Um, to compete as one engine program for the Chevrolets, which is something that a lot of people believe should have been done years ago to keep up with uh, both Ford and Toyota. You know, you have two of the best engine programs consistently in the Chevrolet camp competing against each other instead of putting their shared technical knowledge. Um, uh, combining that and putting it to the common good to beat these uh, as Chevrolet has certainly slipped over the years on what they used to be. So, we have all that. Then, we also have the announcement that I think a lot of fans have been waiting for. Um, even after the disappointment of Matt Di Benedetto finishing what appeared to be second at Talladega before a late race penalty put him back to a controversial late race penalty, put him back to twenty-first. Um, Di Benedetto will um, continue with the Wood Brothers for one more year uh, with Austin Sindrick, uh, son of Team Penske team manager Tim Sindrick taking over the ride in 2022. Uh, Austin will uh, run a five race schedule for Team Penske in the 2 car next year. Um, The races have not been decided on. I'm assuming that there'll be a um, road course races like Brickyard, um, which we'll talk about in a little bit and probably, uh, a couple of other tracks. Uh, and it, and it really is good to see Matty D get rewarded with a second season with that team. Um, possibly having some rides open up in 2022. So um, I'm actually looking forward to that because uh, he has shown that he can race and pos- and race for wins uh, with two runner-up finishes already this season at Las Vegas and certainly run strong in all the plate races and I think probably should have won Talladega, but that's another story for another time.. Uh, But another big bit of news is Clint Boyer, uh, driver of the 14 uh, Decalb Rush Truck Centers Mobile One um, Ford Mustang for Stuart Haas Racing has announced his retirement and will be moving to the Fox Booth. In 2021, pairing up with Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon, um, and this is this is sad news for a lot of Boyer fans, but at the same time, makes the Fox booth great again as he does have great chemistry with Jeff Gordon, uh, and it's a series of st- weird bedfellows in 2021 as. Uh, Boyer and Jeff Gordon have had their issues in the past, culminating in a large fist fight at the end of the Phoenix race in 2012, and Hamlin and Bubba Wallace with their war of words after the 2018 Daytona 500. So. It's going, to be, it's going to be an interesting 2021, as if 2020 hasn't been interesting enough. Um, but that's not the biggest shocker we have, as we have a new NASCAR schedule for 2021 with some major changes. The first in ye- many, many, many years. As we have four new tracks on the circuit one track completely changing its its characteristic two tracks that are being left off the schedule and a couple that are changing dates Uh, we have Indianapolis which I hinted at briefly while talking about Austin Cindric, no longer running the oval as NASCAR's Cup guys will run the road course the road course that was run by the Xfinity series this year and actually had more than enough positive responses for NASCAR to actually so let's try that with the cup guys as it seems we're getting a lot more road courses as we will be adding two more to the schedule along with Indy. Uh, we will also have the Roval and uh, perennial uh, tracks on the schedule uh, Sears Point or Sonoma. I still call it Sears Point and Watkins Glen. Joining them will be the Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, a facility that was built to bring Formula One back to the U.S. after the U.S. GP uh, fiasco in the mid-2000s at Indianapolis of all places. We will also see Road America make its return to the cup schedule has hasn't been on it since the 50s 54 I believe that's crazy we also see Darlington, a very popular track finally get its second date back it hasn't had a second date since 2004 I believe and Atlanta will be getting a second date back Atlanta, a track that uh, featured two of the closest finishes in NASCAR history in 2000 with Dale Earnhardt beating out Bobby Labonte in the very next year, Jeff Gordon being beat out by that same car uh, just driven by Kevin Harvick in what was his first win in the Cup Series, Uh, one of the long-remembered moments in NASCAR history. Uh, but we also say adieu to two, 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 two tracks on the schedule. First, which comes as no surprise, Chicago Chicagoland Speedway, a track that had been on the schedule since 2001, that is most notable for two things. Uh, first, being Kevin Harvick's second career win in the inaugural race, and for also having a giant inflatable Tropicana model uh, fly off, uh, Tropicana Orange, I apologize, fly onto the track during qualifying. Uh, The winds had picked it up and thought it needed to be on the track instead of outside the track. So Chicagoland, which had been speculated that was being repurposed for warehouses and whatnot, um, hasn't shuttered down yet, but has been mothballed for the 2021 season. There is rumors that the track will be repurposed, and these are rumors. I haven't heard anything pat, unlike uh, Next Gen Speedway, a.k.a. California Speedway being repurposed as a short track Um, so I'm not putting much stock into that I think they'll be moving away from the Chicagoland venue altogether but that's just my opinion and the other track which hasn't been on the schedule as long as Chicagoland is Kentucky Speedway which all those years of people fighting to get that track on the schedule, it lasted 10 years uh, with its first race in 2011, which dear friend of the show, Ed Ballow, had made the trip to see, um, only seeing half the race due to traffic issues, which were alleviated the next year. Kentucky had some great racing. Um, Whether they come back on the schedule is a little iffy, um, but they have a better shot at coming back on the schedule somewhere down the line uh, than Chicagoland. But we also have, for the first time in almost 50 years, we have a dirt race on the cup schedule. And while some people were hoping that it would be Eldora or Knoxville where they run the Knoxville Nationals in Iowa we will be getting the concrete of Bristol covered with clay for the spring race at Bristol which certainly makes season tickets to that the must-see event of the year as Bristol had for two years had run the World of Outlaw races on dirt at the high banks of the greatest Colosseum, the last great Colosseum, I apologize. Uh, I, I think that's gonna be interesting. I'm withholding judgment on it until I see it as Bristol doesn't need any of that hokiness, but I think it might be pretty cool to see as Eldora. A lot of people were skeptical and, and While others were excited to have a dirt track on the schedule, they're skeptical for it. And to be honest, Eldora sells out every year. It's one of the highlights of the truck schedule. And I think that if this Bristol race is a success, it's going to be one of the must-see events on the schedule, as Bristol should be. Uh, so we have all those we have the all-star race which I alluded to um, in a previous episode uh, moving from Charlotte the weekend to before the Coke 600 to Texas to Texas Motor Speedway as part of the deal with bringing Circuit of the Americas to um, the the area well, to the schedule and to the area i think it's i think it's a good move you know maybe alternate the all-star race different places i know this year they had it at bristol due to the pandemic um, and it wasn't as great as it could have been but it was still a lot of fun to watch but i think texas will really thrive with that and possibly could find a permanent new home there. Uh, The playoff schedule is left unchanged for next year, um, which is good. You know, don't tinker with the playoff schedule. I think you got the right mix in there. Uh, We're still going to have our Martinsville night race, which I'm excited for, uh, and everything. So we've got all that. Then we got IndyCar, which is has a new schedule next year. It's going to feature four oval races down from what they normally run. Uh, They're going to run two at Texas on a doubleheader weekend, the first week of May. Obviously, the end of May is the 105th running of the Indy 500. And in late August, you are going to be at Gateway at Worldwide Technology Speedway. no real major changes on that schedule you other than um we are losing richmond which was supposed to happen this year uh, which will not be on the schedule and a lot of fans and the we're going to have a new track uh the streets of nashville which i talked about before uh, but a lot of fans are upset and myself included a little bit at the lack of ovals um I think that soon we are going to be a series of nothing but street courses and road races um, and be more like formula one than we had with the cart series um, prior to their split with the irl and the irl went in the direction of being all ovals and i think that found a real niche with um, traditional US open wheel fans than the street courses. Um, hopefully we'll be able to go back to all ovals in 2022. Um, a lot of things will be worked out. I think obviously getting, some, some tracks are easier for the oval getting back on Owls and others i do like the fact that texas is still on the indycar schedule as they always put on a great race um you're gonna have indy which is which will forever be there um but I, I was excited at the idea of richmond you know possibly coming to new hampshire running an indycar race i know they had a fiasco many many years ago uh with that um that kind of killed all enthusiasm for that Um, but i think with this roger penske new regime in charge i think that could work uh what i'd love to do is i'd love to see them you know race nashville um you know go to the super speedway or go to kentucky Um, because i thought those weren't bad indycar races uh hell you know we've some as they put in the time and I'll bring back the Milwaukee mile uh, that was always a fun fun race Um, instead of just a whole bunch of lefts and rights but yeah so we have we have all those schedules the Xfinity and truck series schedules have not been finalized Uh, news about the truck series it's a little thing, but it kind of leads into NHRA, is the truck series will be renamed once again, um, with naming rights still staying in-house in the Camping World um, family, as it will go from the Gander RV uh, series back to the Camping World truck series, which it was for many years. Um, Camping World is continuing their commitment And not only that, but they are also stepping up as Coca-Cola has terminated their um, naming rights of the, what was the Mellow Yellow NHRA series uh, at the end of 2020, um, breaking their contract, which I believe still had another three years Um, due to the pandemic. And shortly after that was announced, Marcus Leonis, lamonis I don't know why I keep calling him Leonis. Um, Marcus Lamonis, the CEO of Camping World, pretty much said, you know what? We'll sponsor you guys. Um, So reaching out into the NHRA world, um, which I think is going to be a big positive as I can't think of another company to really fill in for that that shows that much um, enthusiasm for motorsports, especially in the environment we have than Camping World. I know I used to shit all over them when they first joined the sport, you know, as a sponsor and stepping in to replace Craftsman as the um, title sponsor of the truck series um, when Craftsman pulled out due to the financial issues of uh, Sears and Roebuck. Uh, so I think that they, they've done a great job promoting the truck series uh, and this is it's going to be a shot in the arm for the NHRA. Uh, This will only be their third ever title sponsor, Um, obviously after Winston and the Coca-Cola family of products um, started off with. So as I was saying about the NHRA's title sponsorship, um, Coca-Cola had stepped up. First with their Full Throttle brand, then moving on to Powerade and then transferring it over to Mellow Yellow. Um, They had really stepped up the game and unfortunately this came about. And now Marcus Lemonis, being the savior of motorsports has actually stepped up and going to replace the NHRA and the NHRA will be back to full scale. Um, They are losing a couple of tracks next year uh, with the Route 66 Speedway in Joliet, uh, the home of the Chicagoland Speedway actually. Um, They will be losing them off the schedule which further cements the idea that uh, Chicago Land and route 66 uh, drag strip will be no more um but i think that they're in good shape you're going to see a lot of teams come back next year john force racing will be back next year in their full capacity um i believe i believe we'll actually see courtney force back in the car at some point next year um She has taken off 2020, even prior to the pandemic, uh, due to her pregnancy uh, with IndyCar driver and husband, Graham Rahal. Uh, So we've seen that. Um, One thing that you won't be seeing in the NHRA is Terry McMillan and the Amelie Oil Alligator Dragster as uh, Amelie. McMillan have decided to part ways after quite a long time. Uh, they were one of the longest uh, sponsorships in the NHRA, uh, going back to McMillan's days in the IHRA. Uh, so it, it's a little bittersweet. And while we're talking about the NHRA, have to um, have to send well wishes to Lee Pritchard. Uh, NHRA top fuel driver and girlfriend of one Tony Stewart which I did not know about until this wreck uh, or did not realize until this wreck I should say um, as she suffered a um, some injuries in a crash a couple weeks back um, prior to that had actually Tony Stewart had actually joked about getting fitted for a suit to run an NHRA race, um, equipment and all. So I think that could be pretty cool if he does that, would actually make him one of the few NASCAR, NASCAR guys to try their hand at the NHRA. Um, only in my recollection, only, uh, Richard Petty, who had done it during the deep, Dodge Plymouth Boycott in the 60's had attempted it. Uh, Kurt Busch had attempted it in 2011 with a Top Fuel, uh, not a Top Fuel, with a Pro Stock Dragster. A car much like you or I would find off the street. And obviously John Andretti had done it in a Top Fuel car uh, driven by Jack Clark. Uh, So we have all of those. And that pretty much covers the news for this week. I know this week we got the Roval at Charlotte. Um, Actually as I'm recording this the Xfinity race has finished with A.J. Allmendinger being the winner and um, the field of 12 cut down to 8 for that series title. We'll talk about that next week along with everything that transpires. I'm sure there'll be some more news. Hopefully the big news will be coming out on who will be stepping into that fourth Hendrick car next year. Uh, still the strong rumor out there is that, uh, we will have Kyle Larson reinstated and back in Hendrick Motorsports. I know that that's still out there and there's still a possibility of him landing at Stuart Haas Racing, replacing, um, replacing Clint Boyer. Uh, it's either going to be him or Chase Briscoe uh, who Ford is very high on and has been doing a superb job. But there's still plenty of seats to go around in NASCAR. Uh, still open right now is the 37 car which is currently driven by Brian Ryan Priest. Uh, there's the 96 car, which has just opened up with Daniel Suarez moving to Trackhouse Racing. Uh, along with the 32 of Go Fast Racing. So there's still seats out there. As you have to be determined what will happen. We'll have to wait and see. So, until next time, I'm Matt Hardman. This is the Race Nerd Podcast, and I will see you next after- time.